<laughs> Susan! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Turn the water off! <laughs> oh my god, it was hilarious. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hello, how are you doing? Welcome back to Heine House Live Podcast, episode number 41, uh, recording February 9th, 2020. We're just laughing, I'm laughing our asses off here because... <clears throat> Uh, a couple of weekends ago, I was in the garage working and uh, I was I'm trying to convert all of my boxes that I have used for storage over the last 15 years. They're starting to like collapse and deteriorate. So um, we went to uh, Home Depot or whatever it was, Costco, uh, and got these bins, right? The yellow bins, black and yellow bins for storage, plastic. You can stack them. They're really nice. The, the most common kind, you, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I'm in the garage and I'm working. I've been out there for a couple hours and (laughs) across the street, I just hear, I just hear some guy in his garage. I just hear, I hear, fuck, Susan, fuck. And I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? You know, and I look out, I don't see anything. And I just hear, I hear him, but I hear water running. And then I just hear a door open up and I hear a door slam. And then Susan, what's going on? And then I just say, Susan, turn off the water. Fuck. And and she starts busting up laughing. She's laughing her ass off, just dying. And he's sitting there going, Susan, turn off the water. Fuck. Fuck. And and I'm sitting in the garage kind of like, oh, my God. I'm like hiding behind a box. Like if they come out and see me standing there like, hi, I'm your neighbor, you know. Anyway, I'm watching and water starts to run out from the garage i see on the ground i see it come out of the garage onto the driveway just floods of water and i just hear fuck (laughs) right and then i see susan she comes running out of the garage laughing she just laughs she can barely walk she's laughing she goes around to the side of the house to the to the to the water valve and she's she's trying to turn it off right she gets down there she's grabbing on she's trying to get turn off and again she can't get it (laughs) she can't get the water to turn off and the water's still flowing in the garage. And I just hear, fuck, Susan. <laughs> and she's like, I'm trying. <laughs> and meanwhile, dude is getting drenched with whatever pipe broke or whatever's happening in the garage right now. Water's flooding out of the garage. Finally, finally, she gets it. She shuts it off. And she walks back in and they both are just dying laughing together. It was like an incredible, hilarious moment. And he comes out completely soaked head to toe, just water. Like he just got out of the swimming pool, fully dressed. (laughs) And it was so funny. And they're just like laughing. It was like the, the most amazing thing. And I'm sitting in the garage over there, like holding a box and I'm cutting up like, Oh my God, what is going on over there? It was, hilarious so funny <laughs> anyway side note hey folks welcome to the podcast uh <laughs> <laughs> fuck susan <laughs> fuck <laughs> i can see him with whatever he was fixing like a pipe like he was fixing the water heater or something i can see him just there he didn't turn the water off but a pipe burst and it's just it's just completely like hitting him in the face like a dog with a hose like i can just see it just going everywhere oh my god so funny <laughs> so good uh i don't even know where to start where are we at um i already said the date february 9th uh we're gonna talk about some gaming we're talking about some tech we're gonna have some fun uh we're gonna kick back and relax so thanks for spending the next hour or so with me um hope you've had a great weekend and a, a great week uh 503-908-5490 is the voicemail phone number if you want to get at me um, we have, I think I have a, a voicemail from Cameron as a follow-up. I asked him to follow up with me about the EverDrive stuff and Genesis talk. So he sent a few messages in. We're going to get to that. Um, and then whatever else, if you guys want to get at me, please do. Um, we've been talking about gaming, um, goals for 2020. So we can continue on that path or whatever else you feel. We'll see what happens. All right. 508 5490. You can also record yourself and email it over to HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. That is the email. We're accepting those two if you're not inside the United States and it's long distance. Okay? HeineHouse.com, of course, is the website. Let's go right in some... I only have one thing of random news to talk about. And this was something 
this actually, this news broke the day I was recording the podcast and I didn't get a chance to read the article that day. So I wanted to pu push it to this, um, this episode, but Atari, you guys have probably heard about this already. Atari is set to build gaming themed hotels. And what's amazing about this story is that lucky, lucky for us. I mean, that deserves a ding woo. It's going to be opening up first in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh my ding woo for that. Uh, that's pretty good. So Atari announced a deal with GSD Group, that's a leading innovation and strategy agency here locally, to acquire the rights to build video game-themed Atari hotels. Oh my God, why is my screen flickering and going crazy right now on the computer? I don't know why it's doing this. Hopefully you don't see this on your end. Uh, let me just pause this real quick. Okay, I just unplugged and replugged in my uh, DisplayPort cable. That seemed to fix it. Oh my goodness, troubleshooting live. That's how we do. Okay, um, so yeah, they're going to be building this hotel uh, in Phoenix to begin with, which is great. Uh, really excited for that. We're definitely going to be checking it out. Um, they say on here some of the notes are included, including the latest VR and AR experiences. Uh, select hotels will also feature state of the art venues and studios to accommodate esports events. I think that's a, that's great. That's a really great news. I mean, I mean, if they have a 2600 in every room, <laughs> we may be spending a lot of time out of the room. Let's <laughs> just say we'll be in the arcades. <laughs> no, no disrespect. Come on. That was like my second console ever. I love it. Um, yeah. Our, Atari is an iconic global brand. La, 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 la. Yeah. We already know. Uh, resonates with people of all ages, countries, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. This is true. Uh, we cannot wait for our fans and our families to enjoy this new hotel concept, they state, which is great. Yeah, I think that's good news. And there's no official like uh, picture of the hotel. There's a whole bunch of like drawings and mock-ups and weird stuff. I didn't want to show one because it's all fake. I cannot wait to see what it's going to be, though. It's going to be very, very cool. Uh, that's all I have for some random news. Let's jump right into some gaming stuff. Um, Nintendo. Oh, I have some Nintendo. Actually, most of my stuff in here is Nintendo news. They've been in. They've been coming, they've been popping through here with some stuff. Um, sad news, really, really sad news uh, about Nintendo here for Nintendo Wii. Once again, another, another slap on my Wii. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. According to a, uh, an email, oh, no, no, a, a post uh, from Nintendo's Japanese Twitter account, they are going to, um, stop fixing Nintendo Wii's at the end of March. <sighs> That's really sad. That's really, really sad. Uh, I mean, we can't celebrate and say it has been 15 years since the launch of the Wii. But uh, yeah, they're going to stop accepting consoles March 31st. 1st, God, I can't. 31st. <laughs> And uh, then they're going to uh, all together say goodbye. Evidently, they said it's harder for them to get parts, uh, repair parts for uh, the uh, Wii, co Wii console, which, I mean, I don't know. Don't they make them? <laughs> I guess I guess not. I don't know. That's really sad, though. I'm going to tell a quick story um, about... <laughs> Steph's over there doing this, quote. I'm going to tell a story about... I actually did have uh, my launch day nintendo we sent in for repair sent it into a noa in the great northwest so what happened was i uh i uh, i fucked up and um i tried to well actually okay i fucked up once by trying to resurface a wii sports disc that was that was one number one it wouldn't read it and then number two my disc drive uh failed which is a, probably the most common thing to go out on any console that has a disk drive that accepts, that grabs and pulls in, and also motorized spits out a disk. That's very, very common. Um, that's why I love consoles that have like flip tops, like Dreamcast, like PS2 Slam, uh, you know, PS1, any of those that have a top that comes up, uh, because any of that motorized stuff goes bad. Anyway, so this was 2009. Yeah, 2000, uh, no, no, it wasn't 2009. This would have been 2008. So only two years, my original Wii disk drive failed. Stop working. These jokes, though, been playing with my Wii too much, you said. Yeah, that is, a, should we get a dingwoo? Does anyone want a dingwoo for that? I don't know, Steph. Everyone's saying that was a pretty stupid joke. <laughs> pretty stupid. 
So I don't even know. My finger's hovering over Dingwu, and I don't... I don't even know what the fuck I'm reading. Okay, we'll get one. So anyway, now I'm not saying that the resurfacing of, of a Wii Sports disc caused this. It's not. But it was all part of the problem here. So I called up Nintendo, and I told them that I had this launch Wii, and it was out of warranty, of course. Uh, but I wanted to get it repaired. <laughs> At the time, that was the only Nintendo Wii console we had. Remember, the first two to three years of the Wii's launch, you could not even get a system. Like, they were just scarce. Um, so anyway, I said, I would like to have a repair. They said, yeah, no problem. Uh, Mr. Heen, is it, I think? Uh, we can we can accept your Nintendo Wii. We'll give you an RMA number. You send it in, and we will repair it, and then we'll charge you, and we'll send it back. I said, okay, great. I think they charged me like 50 bucks or something like that. It was something, I don't know. It was for me. I, I don't really care. I wanted it. I wanted it fixed. Right. So we went through the whole process. We started the whole process. And then at the end of the call, I said to them, I said, look, I want to be honest with you. I purchased at the Goodwill, a Wii sports disc game that was there. This was actually the first Wii sports disc I found at the Goodwill. And it was all fucked up, scratched beyond belief. Right. So I have, uh, well, I had a, at the time a, a Reese, yeah, it was a doctor disc. Like I bought it at warehouse music. It was pretty, I probably shouldn't have been using it for games. Cause I, I didn't actually know if it worked for games. I never used it on games, but I thought, Hey, this, this disc is fucked beyond belief. What's the harm in trying it? So, um, the symptom was I put the disc in, right. And it would like load for a second and like start a game. And then it would just lock up and freeze and skip. And then it would just shut down. So the, the disc would, didn't work. So anyway, I put the disc in my doctor and I, you spin the thing and, it, and you put it on this platter and you spin this little thing and you spray it with the solution and it goes around. It takes like five minutes. You, you're fucking doing this with it and it's spinning very slowly. And this disc is like spinning and resurfacing. It's a really cool device. Actually, you should go look one up. I think it's called a doctor disc or something. Um, I used it for audio discs all the time because I'm Mr. Case logic with 200 CDs in the back of the car back when, before iPads and iPods and MP3 players, right? You'd pull it out, put your disc in, you know, and they get scratched up. So I'd, re, I'd resurface my discs. I thought, let's try it on the Wii Sports. So I do it. It looked beautiful. The disc was gorgeous. No scratches, nothing. I put, put it in. It didn't even fucking come up on the Nintendo Wii. It didn't even show that there was a disc put in, right? Well, it was great timing, right? Because shortly after that, the whole fucking drive broke anyway. I know, I'm going around Robin on this stuff, but you got to follow me here. So after they say, okay, great, we'll send you the RMA, send in the console, ship it to us, we'll ship it back, you know, keep all your accessories, don't send anything else but the console, just the console. There's no guarantees on your data, take out your SD cards, don't have GameCube uh, things attached, nothing. You know, it may come back totally bricked, or it may come back totally wiped clean, and I said, like, okay, 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 okay. And I said, look, I gotta be honest with you guys, I bought this disc, it was scratched up, I ran it through my my uh, doctor disc and I messed it up even more. I said, now it won't even, it won't even come up. It's like, it's completely ruined. And I go, is there like, is there any way I can like purchase another Wii sports? Like I just wanted to have a second one, you know? And I was like, I know that they're on the website. I think they're at the time they were like 25 or 30 bucks for the game. And at the time you could purchase the game separately on there for like 30, 25 bucks. And they're like, yeah, no problem at all. Yeah, well, yeah, we can do that. Well, let me let me set that up for you. And I told him the story. I I told him the story, right? Kind of like how I'm talking now. And uh, the guy was like, you know what? Because you were honest with me and upfront about it, I'm gonna just send you the disc uh, on the return order. And he did. He did. My Wii console came back fully repaired for fifty dollars, um, with a Wii Sports uh disc in a little sleeve, for free. And I thought that was so awesome. It was way cool. And I was like, man, you know, sometimes, you know, good stuff happens. And again, that's a good lesson to just always be honest about everything. Like, don't ever, don't ever lie about shit like that. Like, just, just come clean. Like, hey, man, look. And that's why I said, hey, look, I screwed up the disc. All right. I was trying to be helpful, but I was an idiot and it didn't work. I was prepared to buy another one. I wanted him just to sell me one. Way cool. Really cool stuff. But hey, sad news is that they're stopping the repair service for them. And honestly, dude, I'm telling you, I've been thinking about this. I'm trying to think of a way to do it. I, I want to send... Actually, Steph, we have at least two, don't we? I think we have two 
Wii consoles that don't have the disk drives don't work. Don't we? I think we do. We just went through these last year. We marked, yeah, we went through and oh, right before they shut down the Wii shop, we were seeing which console had points and what didn't. We were going to buy games. And we took that time. It took us a couple of days, but we tested every console we have. So let's do that. I'm going to pull those ones out and I'm going to actually try to contact Nintendo and send them in. And I'm going to tell them, refurb the fuck out of this. I want this thing squeaky clean, brand new, fresh, like super fresh. Like I'm taking a shower in the woods and like doves and birds and rainforest rain and dew. And I'm washing not with a sponge, but with moss and it's just fresh and clean and beautiful. And bears come over and they're like, the fuck is he doing? I'm like, I'm washing myself. There's a little fountain of youth in there. And I'm just like, boom, taking my, boom, taking my head, slamming it in the fountain of, of youth. And that water stuff, that water came from the leaves of trees that dripped off in the rainforest from the natural essence of the earth. It came down and filled a pond of love. And the water is a cool 73 degrees. It's better than the islands. It's perfect. In fact, that's where Bambi used to drink. Bambi used to drink there. I made every bit of it up. Yeah, every bit of it. Dingwoo. <laughs> I cannot wait. Yeah, well, I mean, it happened in my, in my dreams. But mark my words, folks, I'm going to attempt to send um, at least one Wii console back before the end of this and see if we can get it repaired. I would love that. Um, oh, another great thing. More Nintendo stuff. Pokemon Home. You guys know about this. This is their cloud-based service that allows you to uh, for for the most part store and keep and transfer and move and have a hub for your pokemon in all this um, massive pokemon universe that they've created it's their cloud-based storage all right it launches sometime this month i don't have the date sometime in february uh they have a basic plan which is free but it only gives you very limited access to the Pokemon Homes features, all right? So they have a premium plan. They have three options for that premium plan, if you can believe it. The one month is three bucks a month. Three months prepay, it's five bucks a month. Or if you pay for an entire year up front, it's 16 bucks total. Right? Wait. Or No, 16 bucks? No, that has to be total. No way. Oh, it's for the year. I got my I got my stats screwed up. I don't have any fucking idea what it is. I got two ninety nine. Here's the, here's what I wrote down in my article. You guys can help me decipher it. Premium plan has three options: one month for two ninety nine, three months for four ninety nine, or twelve months for fifteen ninety nine. That's what I wrote, and that's I can't imagine paying sixteen bucks a month to store my fucking Pokemans. Now, Steph plays the shit out of Pokemon Go. We actually head out every night. And she goes to her Pokestops. And we do it. It's fun. When we go on walks, she, we hit the Pokestops. There's some by our house. It's pretty cool. So, I mean, am I wrong, Steph? Like, what does that even mean? Is that a month? We're not. You're not going to pay 16 bucks a month for poke, fucking Poke storage. Oh, she signed up. Okay. She's, she probably prepaid for the next 10 years. That's pretty good. Okay. Uh, that's, a lot of money. that's what I'm saying. That's a lot of money. Um, it says on here, the article that I, I pulled this from, and I wrote this down, deciding which plan should be easy. If you want to deposit a lot of Pokemans, more than 30, that is, you'll need the premium plan. Well, yeah, because how many are there? Fucking 800 Pokemon? Someone give me a fucking Poke account. Where's Andy? Andy should know this by heart. Andy, what's the Poke, what's the Poke stop fucking number? It's like 800,000. So Nintendo has all the details of this on their site. So go check it out because I've completely butchered every bit of data on this. But what was really nice that Nintendo did was they released a visual representation of how this works, which is really, really nice. It's, uh, you know, it's here. Let me, let me pop it up. We'll see if my fucking thing works. Of course, hotkeys don't work anymore still. I don't know what's wrong with that. iPad, here it is. Oh, what in the halibut? 
What in the Sam Hale? Mirror that thing, please. There it is. Uh, so there it is. Okay. Pokemon Home is the center. There's the hub. And it it's a visual breakdown. Thank God, because I'm a visual person. I'm a visual learner. So you got Pokemon Sword and Shield. That's for the Switch. You can see the arrow. You can go back and forth, transfer to Pokemon Home. You've got the Pokemon Bank for the 3DS or DS that can go into the phone or the switch right into Pokemon home. Okay, great. You've got Pokemon. Let's go Eevee and Pokemon. Let's go Pikachu that can go into what is that? The phone tablet or switch. Okay. Into Pokemon home. And then you have Pokemon go mobile app that's coming soon, but it will allow you to go into Pokemon home with this. Oh, it's so great. I mean, it makes total sense, right? No, it doesn't. It's really fucking confusing. So much, in fact, I decided to break this down for you all. I thought, you know, you guys deserve to have the straight answer. And since Nintendo can't seem to give a straight representation here of it, I decided to, to take the liberty to do it myself. Here we go, folks. Here is the, the true representation. I made a pokograph. All right. If you can see this here, let me just, let me just zoom in on this. I should have made it the other way. So, so, so you've got... Let's see. Let's just... Let me actually, let me bring this up so you can see. All right, so here we are. So in the center, you've got the Pokemon Home. All right, and you can transfer the Pokemon. Pokemon Home can go back and forth between Pokemon Sword and Shield. But you can also transfer the Pokemon Sword and Shield into the Virtual Boy, which then you could transfer via the VB link cable into the Super Nintendo, which then you dock your Nintendo Switch into the Super Nintendo. As you see, and then if you press the power button, you can either one, you can get two things that will happen. One, you will get a Windows 98 blue screen of death. Boom, right there. Or you can transfer and it will transfer the data back into the Pokemon bank. All right. And then it just does a full circle again, a full loop there, as you can see. Another way you can then transfer your Pokemon sword and Pokemon shield into the Nintendo Switch handheld console itself. From there, you transfer it into the oven Right there, you put it right into the uh, little Easy Bake Oven with Trip Hawkins, who is, you know, the head of uh, uh, 3DO and Electronic Arts. Trip Hawkins, he's back there. He's waiting for you to put the Nintendo Switch into the oven. When you do that, then you turn it on, and it can then be transferred into the toilet, the top of the toilet, not the bowl, but the reservoir. Put it in there. And then from there, it can be put directly into the blue recycle bin, all right, from the toilet to the recycle bin, which then follow the arrow goes all the way back over into boom. Oh, what is it? Oh, the trash can right into the garbage can, which also is being supervised by who? Trip Hawkins. There he is. Okay, so great. So now we've got it there. Great. Okay, another thing. What else can we do with this Pokemon stuff? So, oh, let's say we have Pokemon. Let's go Eevee. A Pokemon. Let's go Pikachu. We have a couple options here, folks. We can do two things with this. This is great. We can then transfer our Pokemon into the 3DO console. All right, we can transfer it right into the 3DO console, which, of course, Trip Hawkins is there playing it. Uh, he would be. And then from there, we can transfer it out via the 3DO console link cable right into the bowl, not the reservoir, but the bowl of the toilet, which then, folks, follow me, you know, okay, goes, where does it go next? It goes right into the blue recycle bin, which now you know, you've learned, goes all the way over here to where? The garbage can. Okay, great. They could do that. Another option for that. Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu can be sent from the switch, here's another option, can go right into the landline telephone, there it is, with Pikachu's face, right, the, the Pika phone, right, can go into the Pika phone, then it can go right into, the data can be transferred via cell activity, oh, I'm sorry, no, that's via landline cable, into the Nokia 5160 from, from uh, 1998, it can go right into there within, as you see, Pokemon's face is on the phone, he's there, and then right into the other Nokia phone, that's uh, 6200, I think, you can transfer right into that phone, so you've got Pokemon on three devices, three mobile apps, all right, this is way before mobile gaming, but we got you, then, as you're following, it can go then up into, see the arrow, go into the bowl, not the reservoir, the bowl of the toilet, goes in there and then as we know i know i know i'm repeating myself but folks we got to learn that we know this okay you can go right into the blue recycle bin and then all the way across into where 
the trash can. Absolutely right into the garbage can, just right in there. All right. And then finally, we have two other options. Two other options. Now, if you're a Pokemon Go user, and I know a lot of listeners of the show are, what you could do is you could take your Pokemon Go mobile app and transfer your Pokemon from there to different places. I'll just briefly talk about this one because we already went through this signal flow here. We can go right back into the landline phone, which then goes to the Nokia 5160, the Nokia 6200, right in the toilet bowl, recycle bin, garbage can. Okay, you could do that. Or, which is the more realistic way, and I think what a lot of people would rather do anyway, you can take those Pokemon, transfer them directly through VCR. I didn't put the VCR in here because there's a lot of variables with the VCR, but you could transfer it from VCR to VHS tape. Here it is, VHS tape. Got to be careful. Don't erase any of your old school porn that you may have on there. You know, it, it happens. It happens. But you could with your uh, your manga and all that good stuff. You know, you could go right into the VHS tape, then take that VHS tape arrow right into the garbage can. Just put it right in the garbage can and you're done. You're set to go. And then I think with that being said, if you look at the big picture in comparison to what Nintendo had here, this is much, much easier to follow. Absolutely much, much easier to follow. And I, I really hope that you guys, if you need a reference, you can always come back to this and uh, just replay this part of the podcast. And I'd be happy to help you through any bit of your, uh, your polka troubles. Uh, I'm going to just let everyone know I spent probably an hour and a half making that. <laughs> because I really wanted to uh, help you out. And because I'm crazy and out of control. <laughs> uh, let's move right along. So last little bit here. Do I have, oh, I have two more articles about Nintendo. You're like, oh, please make it stop. Um, just a real quick article about Nintendo. Their mobile games, they have generated just over 1 billion in sales. What? Thanks mostly to Fire Emblem Heroes. Is that not insane or what? A whopping 61%. $656 million of Nintendo's mobile revenue came from a single game. Fire Emblem Heroes. Animal Crossing Pocket Camp was 12% at $131 million. And um, uh, oddly enough, uh, how, could you, how could you not know this? Dr. Mario World was their least popular game. <laughs> um, with only 1%. Poor Mario, he's getting he's getting screwed over. Oh, only one percent. Oh, just a cool four point eight million dollars. <laughs> Jesus, wow. think about that. I mean, that's massive though. That's still that's that's big. Yeah, and in terms of like the big picture, that's that's basically shit out of a dog's asshole. That's nothing. This is poop. Um, yeah, but one billion in sales. Remember back in the day when Nintendo was like, "We'll never do mobile." Oh, yeah. It wasn't that long ago either, folks. It wasn't that long ago. And uh, here we are. Uh, Mario Kart Tour made up $86 million. And uh, Super Mario Run, which remains Nintendo's most downloaded, right? maybe not in sales, but most downloaded mobile app. What? It's free to play. They're all free to play. $244 million installs amounted, amounted to 7%, $76 million in total revenue. Folks, these are free to play games that you then buy in-game stuff and purchase in-game stuff to further your game. Insane. That is big, big money. The free-to-play model is huge. You know, when I go look up articles about top-grossing free-to-play games, Steph, you know what games are on there a lot? I see Crossfire on there all the time. And I'm like, I thought I was the only schmuck in this world who knew about Crossfire. Free-to-play, ghetto, CS, knockoff, wannabe. I may have been the only schmuck that has been banned from it illegitimately. They did ban me and I fought my way back and I got back in. I talked to the devs. They're like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're cool. Like, yeah, I'm just too good at it. It's my only claim to fame in my life. I've been illegitimately banned. Oh, actually, no, I've been banned from that battlefield bad company server. Remember the reason, with re with the, the reason? Jason, <laughs> well, Hey, fuck you, bud. Just trying to have a game night. What an asshole. I don't know who that was. If it was you, you suck. Um, and then lastly, I have a figure about uh, Nintendo Switches. Switch has sold more than 52 million units worldwide, which has now 
just overtook the Super Nintendo in console sales. You almost have to put it on a timeline, though. When the Super Nintendo came out, it wasn't like a pop culture phenomenon like Nintendo name is now. Nintendo was huge. Sega was huge, right? But I don't think it was as much of a household and pop culture name as it is today. Sure, back in 91, you could say Nintendo and maybe maybe like your parents knew the name, but they didn't know specifics or anything. I feel like today, if you were to say Nintendo Switch to anybody, especially anyone who have kids, like little Billy, little Jimmy, little Tammy, like they all know about this in great detail, but even mom and dad would know about that. They'd be like, oh yeah, we're supposed to buy a Luigi's Mansion, you know, for their birthday that's coming up. You know what I mean? So it's much more of a household name. Now, I'm not discrediting this at all. I'm just saying that that's insane. That Those are big numbers, but it just shows how powerful and how impactful the Super Nintendo and Nintendo name was even back in 91 when they released that console. So I think that's pretty fantastic. Um, so yeah, it has now become Nintendo's uh, best-selling console overtaking the Super Nintendo and only third to the best-selling home consoles of all time behind the Nintendo Wii, number two, and number one, the NES, of course. Pretty cool stats there. Uh, some Xbox stuff. Hey, if you find a security hole within the Xbox network, uh, submit it to Microsoft for a chance to win $20,000. That would also be kind of nice just to be like, hey, you know, it's good to be helpful once in a while. I'm just a big fat slob that sits around all day and does nothing, but I found a security breach hole and I am valuable now. That's pretty cool to be helpful, isn't it? Um, the Xbox Bounty Program invites gamers, security researchers, and technologists. I think I need to cut off my tongue on that one. And anyone else around the world who wants to help identify security vulnerabilities in the Xbox network and or its services. This is really cool. It's like, um, what's that hacking con that happens every year in Vegas where they bring people out to try to break stuff? Uh, I just talked about it. Yeah, I forgot what it's called. It's really, really good. Everyone should take part. If you're into that sort of thing, definitely take take part. I think it's really cool. That and it really helps keep your chops up, you know? Um, share with Microsoft team through the Coordinated Vulnerability Disclosure, CVD, uh, eligible submissions with a clear and concise proof of concept, POC, uh, are eligible for uh, awards up to $20,000. So you have to actually prove proof of concept. That means you have to actually prove that this is a vulnerability, you found the hole. Here's how I exploit that. And here's how I recreate that. I can do this every time it needs to be fixed. Like you have to, you can't be like, well, I type them up. I've typed in the L key on my keyboard and uh, K came up instead of L. I don't uh, think it's something to do with uh, Mac Macromosoft. And you're like, sir, you're just your fat sausage fingers slipped over and hit K instead of L. Oh, oh, maybe someone swapped my keys. You know, it can't be like that. Um, some other Xbox stuff. Uh, Phil Spencer says that Google and Amazon are the main competitor for them moving forward. That is a bold statement. Think about this. Amazon and Google are the main competitors. Spencer was quoted by saying, when you talk about Nintendo and Sony, we have a ton of respect for them but we see Amazon and Google as the main competitors going forward. Spencer also goes on to say that is not to disrespect Nintendo and Sony, but the traditional gaming companies have somewhat are somewhat out of position. He says, he goes on to say, we've invested tens of billions of dollars in cloud gaming over the years. Okay. Now we've talked about this a lot in the past. And actually I have some Nvidia NVIDIA stuff about game streaming in my tech news section. But think about this almost in full circle. Like I started to think about this and my mind started to be blown. I almost felt like I felt like it was a scene out of Braveheart and we're all sitting there like on the fucking front lines on our horses. Half my face is red. Half my face is blue. You know, I've got my control. I've got my Super Nintendo controller in one hand. I've got my Sega Genesis controller in the other hand and I'm on my horse. That's like flat shaded polygon pixel, 
right? And I got everyone, I got all the video game characters behind me. We're all standing together. Mario and Sonic and, and uh, you know, Knuckles is there just like cracking his knuckles. Like, let's do this shit. Let's get in there, you know? Tomb Raider, we got Laura Croft there. You know, we got the whole Gears family. Everyone's out. We're all there together. And on the other side is Jeff Bezos. <laughs> He's standing there in a suit. <laughs> and what do we have? We have a couple of patriotic pictures that were drawn that were on the Google home screen, just sitting there too, ready to go, ready to go to war, right? Think about that for a second. That actually starts to make sense. Can someone draw that for me? I would love to have something that I can frame where it's, it's me on a horse. <laughs> All right. I got my Super Nintendo controller, Genesis controller. I'm on my, my, uh, my low poly, my low poly horse. Video game characters behind us. We're all just ready to go. It's Braveheart, right? It's Braveheart. Someone can, can someone commission that and draw that for me? That'd be great. But no, but, but truthfully, let's break this down. Think about it though. It's, it's kind of interesting how back in the day it was Nintendo versus Sega versus Sony versus Microsoft, right? It was, it was the battle of the Titans. It was the console wars. Um, I talked about this just recently in, in a video that I'll be releasing in a couple of weeks, top 20 super Nintendo games. And the thing is, is that, we have almost hit this wall where like these other giants have come and surpassed and are now trying to take over the world. And we talked about this before. Do we want, do we want two to five companies in the world taking over the world? Do we want Amazon, Google, Apple? Do we want just these companies taking over everything, making a monopoly that we already have with ISPs and cable TV and all this bullshit? No, we don't. We really don't. So it's almost like, holy shit. I can see like Nintendo and Sega like fucking slapping hands like, what's up guys? Like hugging it out. Like what's going on? Like Dreamcast walks over like, now's my fucking time. I've been waiting. I've been in the cut just waiting and now it's time. Like everyone's excited. Like fucking PS1 is like, puts his cane down and like stands up like, oh, I'm ready. I only have just standard video output, but I'm fucking, I'm ready. I'm going to do this shit, right? We see fucking virtual boy, just the, the, the bottom of the stand, bottom of the stand, just go through the ground, just comes out, right? And we see the 3DO look down, reach down, wrap his controller cord around that virtual boy stand and pull virtual boy out from the fucking grave. And they stand him up. They dust him off. Yeah. And they're like, I'm ready to fucking do this. And we all come together. We band together to take on Google and Amazon. It's the fight of the gaming. I can't think of a better word. Fight of the gaming wars. It's like really going to happen. We're going to get in there. It's amazing. Think about it. So in a way, it's kind of like the, everyone's kind of banding together a bit. Phil Spencer's like, yeah, hey, look. We respect these guys. Everything's fantastic. They've been around forever. They're all, they're all great. But hey, look, we're, we're, we're beyond that. Okay, we're beyond that. We are trying to fight these fuckers who really can threaten our business. Great, Nintendo, you have your handhelds. You got your consoles. Awesome. You, we don't give a shit. We love you. We respect it. We don't give a shit about what you're doing, though. That's great. Sony, awesome. Fantastic. Great. You're going to go up against us or whatever? Fine. Spin your wheels. You're great. You have a great console. We have a great console. We don't give a shit. We better fight this guy. We better fight the bigger fish in the pond because we're going to have serious issues down the road if we do not do something to combat that, right? They have tons of money, tons of resources. They're taking over everything. So in a way, I, I, in my head, I visualized all this because I'm very vivid and messed up, but I thought it was really, really cool. So we've almost come full circle. I almost feel like that should be a movie. It'd be like all these retro consoles. It's like, um, like one of my, one of my favorite movies when I was a kid, a brave little toaster, although extremely dark, um, that could really fit, you know, that'd be awesome. Brave little toaster, but all video game consoles, controllers, games, like fighting on like Amazon and Google. Yeah. Could be, it could be just called console wars. That's it. That's a perfect fucking name. Cause that was a real event. Console wars. It was the console. Holy shit. Someone get at me. Seriously. I'll write the whole script. I'll voice it. I'll, I'll do the music. I'll do the audio. Like let's work together. I want to produce that. It would be hilarious. And I think really good. I bet you we could get people to shed some tears. 
especially that scene when the 3DO pulls out Virtual Boy from the grave. Oh, dude, I got goosebumps. I could, I'm already starting to get teary up just thinking about it. Virtual Boy's like, ah, fuck, Susan, fuck, <laughs> Susan. 3DO's like, FZ1 is like, this ain't Susan. <laughs> the name's FZ1. The best game I had was Road Rash. <laughs> Virtual Boy's like, oh, that's great. I only had 14 games. What was that like? <laughs> so good. <laughs> How about some tech news? I got some tech stuff to talk about. BlackBerry is going away. No, not, not at the store, dummies. No, not the store. You can still buy blackberries and strawberries and fruit. You're okay. Your groceries are fine. Or was that me that thought that? Oh, that was me that thought that. Blackberry phones coming to an end. What? Is this an end of, end of all of that? Blackberry stopped making its own smartphones in 2016. It was actually something I didn't know. I'd looked that up. I was like, wait, I thought it was a long time ago. I didn't know. What they did was they outsourced their production to manufacturing partners like TCL, which I had no idea. I just recently heard about TCL when my brother bought the TV and saw they're coming out with phones. So I thought, wow, TCL. They were making the BlackBerry phone. I guess they had the, uh, the license to do so or the, uh, what do they call it? Uh, the rights. They lost the rights to do so. Whether that be an expiration or end of a relationship, I don't know what the case may be. But um, So TCL made the BlackBerry key series of phones including the BlackBerry Key 1, Motion, Key 2, and Key 2 LE. Uh, they said on Monday that the partnership has ended and it will stop selling BlackBerry branded mobile devices. In August, TCL no longer has the rights to design, manufacture, or sell any of the new BlackBerry devices. The company said in a statement posted on Twitter. TCL will continue to support existing devices uh, through, it says, up until 2022. So maybe the beginning, maybe the end. So 2022, your SOL, if you need support, you have a BlackBerry. Did anyone that listens to the show have a BlackBerry? How about those BlackBerry memories? If you had a BlackBerry, let's hear about it. This was, this was before smartphones really took off. They were, honestly, say all you want. I personally didn't really care for them. I didn't really like the, the ball that was on there. Although innovative, the full keyboard was nice. It gave you options. You didn't have any of these options prior the smartphone, Apple came in and pretty much just changed the game completely on the smartphone world. But there was a time, right? There was a sidekick with the full keyboard sideways. There was a bunch of other stuff. But the BlackBerry was kind of like, I'm a business person and I have importance. I have my BlackBerry. And I can't seem to figure out how to check my email. Can someone help me? <laughs> Every BlackBerry owner I knew was like, this is great. I don't know how the fuck to use it. <laughs> And that was the problem. That was just by design. It was kind of difficult to use. But if you had a BlackBerry, do you have a picture of it? Maybe you have a picture from like 2003 with you on your BlackBerry, like talking to somebody, like actually on the phone. Like even that's old school. Post it in Discord. Hashtag BlackBerry. It'd be really funny to see. Um, okay, GeForce Now. This is really cool. Something I'm excited about. NVIDIA has a very different pitch when it comes to cloud gaming. Although similar, it is different. <clears throat> you may use your existing library on your PC, can play anywhere. Instead of having to buy new games and also pay a monthly subscription fee, you uh, already have the games. So just stream them from your device, from your PC-enabled device. NVIDIA GeForce Now supports Steam, Epic Game Store, Battle.net, Uplay. And I think even EA was in talks about possibly being on there as well. It runs the game on your device, on your, your computer at home, in the cloud. So it uses the processing power of your current GPU. And let me say, a lot of GPUs are supported. A lot of games are supported. Not every game, but um, a lot are. You basically pick up and play the game that you've been playing on your PC because you are playing the game on your PC. You're not playing some like in the cloud like version. It's going to the cloud, but it's using your hardware and your your internet, your network at home to uh, to generate that. I think this is great, actually. I think this is really, really exciting. Um, of course, the only catch is that you need excellent internet. 
uh, capable Wi-Fi router or Ethernet cable must be plugged in. Um, and you have to live somewhere that isn't too far away from NVIDIA servers. So you have to look on their site. They talk about where the servers are. Um, they have nine data centers in North America, six in Europe, and it can reach 80% of broadband homes within 20 milliseconds. So that's actually 20 milliseconds. That's, that's great ping. <laughs> Hell, if I had 20 milliseconds in every game that I played, fucking sign me up. 20 is good. I mean, shit, I play, I play competitive shooters with higher than that 40, 50 ping. So that's pretty good. Um, oh, so the stats for the internet, you need, you need about, you need 15 down, uh, or 30 down for 1080p 60. So that's, you know, that not available everywhere. Uh, but if your home has 30 down or 15 down, you can still get it. And, um, 50 is what NVIDIA suggests for the best experience. And it makes sense. You know what? I'm going to be real here. When I said 50, people are like, here's the thing. At least we're not being Google and being like, you can do it on 12. And then you play it. It's like this big laggy shit fest. At least NVIDIA says, look, we're going to offer the service. All right. You can do it with this or this. And here are the stats we're going to give you. But if you want the best experience in our test, you got to be close to our servers. All right. You got to have a GPU that's able to do it. It's got to be a game that's compatible and you got to have fast fucking internet. It's going to have to be 50 down. I'm sorry. That's what it is. At least they're being honest about it. Now that doesn't apply to everyone, right? Not everyone has all this stuff, but if you are a PC user, you use NVIDIA. I think this is great. In fact, I really want to sign up. I think they're giving three months or 90 days, um, a free trial. And then if you sign up now, which is a promo price, it's five bucks a month. That's pretty fucking competitive. I mean, all these companies are competitive, honestly. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not just here to shit on Stadia. Like, look, I don't want to shit on Stadia. Like, if it was great, I'd say it's great. But, like, look across the board, dude. This GeForce Now, um, uh, the uh, uh, xCloud, couldn't think of the name. xCloud, like, all these services are, like, so much better than what Stadia offers. Like, it just doesn't even make sense doesn't even make sense to get Stadia at this point. So yeah, that's something very, very cool that I'm excited about. Gonna have to get in there. Check it out. Um, yeah, I want the free trial. I'm gonna actually try it. See how it is, and I'll report back on it. Um, there was an, an OS breaking bug in Windows 7. <sighs> A weird bug of unknown origins. This was reported by ZDNet yesterday. So as of writing this article and me reporting on it right now, there is no official fix and there's no, people don't even know why it's happening. That's fucked. There's a weird bug going around that will not let you shut down or reboot your computer. What? Yeah. When you click shut down or reboot, it pops up an error message saying that you do not, you do not have permission to shut down the computer. It actually says that. They're coming alive. And you know what's crazy about this? I'm sitting here going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Not even a month after the end of life for Windows 7, not even a month after this happens. Now, is this some sort of like weird coincidence or is this really something deliberate? Now, I look, again, I have no proof. I'm not saying anything is or isn't, but like, isn't that fucking weird? All right, Windows 7 end of life. Sorry, everyone. No more updates. Windows 7 is done. Shut the door. Lock it up. Chain it. Bolt. Deadbolt. All right. It's done. All right, Bill. Run the script. <laughs> I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying that's really, that's fucking crazy. I honestly, I feel like it could be something to where <sighs> Microsoft wouldn't do this. First of all, they would not do this. There's no way they do this, but it's crazy. I feel like it's a happy accident because it's going to push a lot of people to be like, okay, fine. I'll get windows 10. Okay. I have a problem. Okay. I'll get it. Right. Cause what happens when you get like a virus or something, you just reinstall the OS, right? Same sort of thing. <clears throat> Microsoft would never do that. There's just no, no possible conceivable way that a reputable company like them would do that. And I'm being serious here. There's, they just can't. They wouldn't do that. But that's really fucked up that something has happened. And I don't know what that is. I would like to know what that is. What has caused the permissions to fuck up and not let people shut down or reboot their computer? That's serious. I mean, 
it's not good to just go to the wall and pull the plug on a PC that's running. That is not good at all. And that is not the way to shut down a computer. This isn't, you know, 1993, right? When shutting down took like three or four minutes. It's crazy. Insane. So yeah, that's really interesting. Is anyone that listens to this show using Windows 7? Do you have that error? Have you heard about this error? And um, how does it make you feel? Because personally, and we talked about this last episode, I loved Windows 7. I thought it was the absolute best OS that Windows or that Microsoft has produced. To be honest, I really did. I thought it was great. And um, I've already said it a million times, but yeah, I did not go to 10 right away. I was like, fuck that. Fuck that. (laughs) I was like, I'm not not going to Windows 10. And I I did. I fought it until, uh, what, two years ago? So, but I I have no issues with uh, Windows 10. And now I run Windows 10. Um on, I don't know, majority of my machines, not all. I have a Windows 7, I have an old Windows 7 Alienware, and I have four XP machines in the garage. No, three three XP machines, one 98 machine, and I think a 95 too, maybe. Maybe there's a 95 in there somewhere. I don't remember. Anyway, hey, folks, so that was some tech news. How about that? Gaming tech. Oh, yeah. Heine House Live is a beautiful thing. Uh, we're going to get right back into these phone calls here. I got I got just one here from Mr. Uh, Cameron. He, he did a follow-up because I was asking him about the EverDrive stuff. Uh, and let's talk about this because he sold off his Genesis stuff. I was curious about that. And I was also curious about why he wanted to get his Genesis games back. Uh, and also, I wanted to hear about EverDrive. Hey, Jason Cameron again. I just realized I forgot to uh, give you a, a little bit of uh, friendly advice. If you're thinking about getting rid of a collection, unless you just need a lot of need money or uh, absolutely need space, it can be tempting to kind of declutter. Um, you know, if you're not playing it, I understand, but uh, I would recommend against just getting rid of an entire collection and going EverDrive because Chances are you're probably like me. You like the physical stuff. You like the physical aspect. I do, yeah. Or else, you know, we wouldn't collect anything. Right. You know, you're, you're a collector. I'm a collector. I, I kind of had to learn that when it's all said and done, I'm a collector at heart. It is It just is who I am. My wife is not a collector whatsoever, um, so she doesn't get it. But it's just, you know, it is It is who I am, uh, it, and it is what it is. So I would not uh, – I would recommend against it. Anyway, take care. Thanks, man. Thanks, Cameron. Yeah, that was actually, I play, I'm playing him out of order. That was a follow-up to his, his email he sent. We were talking about getting his Genesis games back. And uh, that was a follow-up to that. Is Yeah, it's understandable. I mean, we like the physical aspect of, of the games, right? I mean, it makes total sense. Um, and yeah, we haven't, we haven't done that. And Thanks for the reassurance, and we're definitely not going to do that. I think as a convenience, the EverDrive should be looked at as something as a convenience, something that you can just pop in, play whatever games you want in your, you know, your library, and and you're good to go. You don't have to get go unbox everything. Maybe, you like, hey, there's a lot of people who like to collect games sealed in box, or even just um, not sealed but in box. And opening and closing the box. I mean, I've got I've got boxes back here that I I have wrapped in protective plastic. I don't open them. Like I used to when I was a kid and I played these games, but I, they're mint and I don't open them be, just because I want to keep them in that condition. And so it's understandable. I think it could be a nice, um, a nice thing to have as a convenience. So Cameron, thank you for that. I'm going to play your first message here. You got a nice long one. Um, a nice long message that is <laughs> for me here. So thank you for that. <clears throat> Let's go. Where is it? Right here. Hey, Jason, this is Cameron Johnson. I just, uh, Watched your podcast, your latest episode. Uh, I commented or I left you a voicemail regarding the responsible collecting slash EverDrive. And just to clear that up for you, um, you know, the EverDrive, it worked great. still works great. have no problem with the functionality whatsoever. But uh, I kind of realized I was missing the physical aspect. You know, I still do collect other consoles like Super Nintendo, um you know, Sega CD, I don't know, other stuff, Nintendo to a degree, Game Boy, that kind of thing. And I really missed the physical aspect of, of having those games on the shelf. Um, you know, the box art labels, et cetera, especially the box art. I just love 
the Sega stuff. So, you know, that that was the really the reason why, just missing that. And now I'm so much happier. I kind of feel like I've gotten part of my childhood back and gotten all the games back for the most part that I got rid of. You know, yeah, I got it, rid of all that stuff. It's an emotional attachment. I get it, yeah. 20, yeah, right, right around then, and that was when stuff was was uh, pretty low and just regret it. So, unfortunately, I'm paying more money, but uh, it is what it is, but I'm happy it's it's fine. Um, but, yeah, as far as responsible collecting, you know, um, with that credit card, it's easy. With a PayPal account, really easy just to For sure, yeah. find deals on eBay and, uh, you know, buy it now, that kind of stuff. So I'm just trying to slow down now that I've gotten most of the stuff I want. I have a list. I just stick to the list and then um, just try to, try to do, it, do it responsibly because, you know, we work hard for money and, boy, it can be it – can, it, can, it can go pretty quickly if we're not careful. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, thanks again. Podcast. Uh, a, lot, a lot of fun calling in and uh, chatting with you guys, with everybody involved. So uh, take care. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Cameron. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I agree. You know, and that makes total total sense to me. It's an emotional attachment. You have memories attached to this stuff. I get it. I completely get it. I mean, you know, I feel bad sometimes when I watch these shows like Hoarders and all these other things and you know, we can sit here and joke about all this sort of thing, but I know that there's a real, there's a real issue with some people that, that hoard and do things, but also you have to understand like where it stems from too. A lot of it stems from an emotional attachment or memory of things. And even if it's just like this little remote, little remote that controls my little lights that I have around here, it's like, it can be an emotional attachment as silly as that seems. I understand completely. Um, but yes, yeah, so you know what you said something else too in there, Cameron, is that with the responsible collecting, I know you're paying more now for the games. Yes, it's become way more popular. Gaming is more expensive. Retro gaming is more expensive. It's understandable. But with the whole responsible collecting aspect of it, I think it almost would be refreshing and sort of rewarding, more rewarding for you to, okay, all of that stuff is gone. Now I'm starting over. And I'm although I'm starting over and that sucks, I am going to be responsible collecting and getting the stuff that I want and only want that I have an attachment to. So even though you're starting over, you're getting only the things that make sense to you that make that have the most impact or the, the emotional attachment. I think that's great. And honestly, that's like freeing in the mind like that feels good, right? So you can like you're going to declutter your collection. You're also going to declutter your mind a bit in there. And I think that's really, really great. And I think it's I think that's great sound advice for our, all of us who are collectors who game and have big collections like this, maybe, maybe thin out the, you know, thin out the herd, maybe just, you know, you know, put some games out, sell them, get rid of them and start that responsible collecting journey. I think that's fantastic. I really, really do. Cameron, thanks again for the follow-up. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And anyone else out there too, if you have any other tips or uh, something else like responsible gaming, like what, you know, maybe, maybe we can talk more about like, what are some, what are some response, what are some tips that you have or some responsible um, concepts that you, uh, uh, implore when you collect, you know, what are some things that you do when you're out there on the hunt? Um, and I, I mean, I have mine, I've shared mine, I've continued to share mine over the years. And, um, I think it's really great that we can kind of like pull from everyone's minds and kind of come up with stuff that could help all of us. You know what I mean? I would love to hear from you. If you have some collecting tips, um, eBay, fuck eBay. I have been burned so many times by eBay. It's tough. There's a lot of fake carts. There's a lot of repos. There's a lot of uh, repos, repros right now. There's a lot of fake stuff. There's a lot of people swapping boards. There's a lot of China direct boards going in official like game boxes and, and cases and cartridges. It's the wild west of collecting online when it comes to that. So it's very, very scary. I would be leery. And that's one, probably one big piece I can uh, advice I can say, and I've, I've dealt with it firsthand. I used to buy games on eBay when they were nothing, when there wasn't, there was not even a fake cart. Like that wasn't even a term. Like it just didn't exist. Um, so just be very, very careful request to see the pictures of the boards and you'll see most reputable sellers on eBay, um, will actually show the cart disassembled with the board front and back. You have to look at that because the boards that are unofficial and fake are completely different than the official Nintendo uh, PCBs. All right. There's a little tip there. 503-908-5490. You got gaming goals of 2020. You got gaming tips, collecting tips, any of that. You want to talk about it? Let's absolutely get into that. Uh, you can also record yourself on your phone. 
computer, microphone, what have you, and then email it, heinyhouselive at gmail.com. That is the email. If you do not want to call long distance, I completely understand. I would love to hear from you. Uh, folks, that's the show. Heine House Live. Boom, wham, bam. Went by so quick. I appreciate all of you being here. I'm going to play a song on our way out, like I always do. Everyone says, oh, I wonder what the song's going to be. It's always a fun, fun time to um, uh, to listen. And one, I, I'm doing this, folks, because I have such a vast catalog of music that I've that I've really produced over the last 20 some odd years. So I want to play some of this stuff uh, and let you hear it. And also look, it's a great way to support me and Heine house entertainment. Please go stream the song, go listen to the song, go download the song, share it with your friends, post about it, you know, make comments about it. Um, that, that helps me out honestly. So if there's anything that, you know, you can do obviously joining Patreon is the fantastic and probably the best way to support, but also listening to the music, sharing the love, commenting on it, you know, downloading the song, streaming the songs. That is a great way to do that as well. Um, before we go, of course, I'm speaking of the patrons. Boom. Going to pop it up on the screen here. Thank you so much. Round of applause to all of the amazing patrons you see right here on your screen. I love you guys so much. I appreciate the support so, so, so much. Uh, and of course, Game Loft patrons get that verbal shout out every episode. Brandon Zeller, Mr. George, the Narkill, the real E-Dub, Aaron in the house, the Weldonian, the Mrs. Tammy, Sam, Equano X, Luke, Bradley, Ryan, Justin, what up? Thank you so much for your support. I love you guys. Y'all are amazing. We're going to say goodbye with uh, taking a song out of my uh, Heine House mixtape one. I think released this in 2015. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna play my uh, Wave Race remix. Follow that dolphin. Welcome to Dolphin Park, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening. Much love to you. Have a wonderful night. We'll catch you next week. Heinyhouse.com is the website. Welcome See you later.
Yeah, I haven't heard that in a long time, actually. I forgot about that. Now, I would be, I would be a uh, biased because I produced the damn thing, but oh, shit bangs. I like that. <laughs> she bangs. She bangs. Susan. <laughs> Fuck. Susan. Shut the water off. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> well, my hockeys don't work.